When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. May I have your attention, please? You need passion. You need desire. You need want. We play with that passion. We play together. We play for each other. And we play to win. We are Notre Dame. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. James McGrath and reporter Lane Clark here to recap Notre Dame's demolition of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. 55 to nothing, the final score in South Bend on senior night. And wow, demolition felt good to say there, Lane. I've been, I've been wanting a blowout all year, some star points. But funnily enough, it didn't even feel like a blowout. I, I, I just thought Notre Dame executed in every phase of the game to a level that Georgia Tech simply couldn't handle. Fifth straight season with 10 wins. Uh, the first in programme history, up to number five in the AP poll. Thanks for some help from Utah, but we'll get into that playoff talk later part of the show. Learn your thoughts on this performance by the Irish. Enjoy it as long as you can. You don't see many games like that for the Fighting Irish. As you said, <laughs> 55 to nothing, but 45 of those were done in the first half. The only touchdown scored in the second half was MTA's fumble return for a touchdown. Yes. So it could have been a lot worse. And Brian Kelly was asked about the sportsmanship, but... I think, JP, the style points that came from that game, three straight games now, no touchdowns allowed by the Notre Dame defense. Let's just talk about that defense. I thought they were just excellent six sacks in total, you know, 10 TFLs. The, the front was just swarming Yates, the quarterback, on every play. And like you said, their cap with the MTA return. I mean, other Texas, you know, well, I guess it was wheels. It was fast. We got a bit lucky with a block in the back there, but. I uh, thought he was excellent, and Isaiah Foskey as well. We we texted. We might think that might hit, might be his last big play in front of the crowd as he hits hits ten sacks. But a guy I, I wanted to isolate was Isaiah Pryor. I thought he came up lows on the broadcast. I thought he was excellent. I know uh, Brian Kelly spoke about this Jack Kaiser injury. Doesn't look too serious, but if he does happen to go out, he has to cover that linebacker every position. He had three solo tackles, a sack, and a TFL. And uh, I thought he was excellent though. And really, it was the defense that set the tone for the game. Notre Dame got the ball to start the game. They moved it up the field, but unfortunately, they had to settle for a 41-yard field goal by Jonathan Doerr. So I thought, well, it might be that type of a day. But the defense came out. They were blitzing on practically every oh, yeah. play. Freshman mm-hmm. quarterback uh, for Georgia Tech, Yates, just really never found his rhythm. He didn't have time to breathe back there. And the defense really set the tone. And 45 to nothing at the half. A field goal by Jonathan Doerr in the second half and that MTA's fumble return for a touchdown. As you talked about, like to see the big guy run it, but he also got some tips from Kyron Williams on, on doing the straight arm. And so yeah. uh, good to see him on senior day and especially 
all the adversity he's been through with his father dying this past summer, you know, just a great way to cap off his career at Notre Dame Stadium with the touchdown. And you said in the week, Glenn, we were talking about Kurt Heinrich's impact, and you said there will always be another Kurt Heinrich. And boy, did we see some some guys at that defensive line. I thought Harold Cross, two sacks, two CFLs. Ehrensberger, the German, for our German fans, he got a sack. This defensive line looks really, really good again for the next few years. You know, JP, it's like, it's, it's like momentum is gained. If somebody has a big play, they celebrate, and then the next guy is going to do it. That's what we saw. It wasn't just one player dominating a position or on defense. It was a team effort. And Notre Dame is playing some great football. You alluded to them rising up to number five in the coaches poll, the AP poll. Will we see them rise up in the college football playoff poll tomorrow? But, you know, this poll doesn't matter. It's the one in a couple of weeks that will. But the way that Notre Dame is playing right now, and let's give a lot of credit to Jack Cohn. Mm -hmm. Jack Cohn was showing some mobility yesterday. He had, you know, he was rushed out of the pocket, but the calm, cool, collected composure, and then just finding people open and then finding Michael Mayer over the middle for a 52-yard touchdown pass. Just a total team effort. And it what's it go what Brian Kelly said at the after the end of the um, at the post game. He said, when we review a game, we talk about what did we do well, what do we need to do to get better, and what did we learn. So let's talk about what did the Irish do well, JP, in your opinion. I thought what what didn't they do well? I mean, defensively, well, let's talk about offense. We know how good the defense was. I thought offensively, Jack Cohn was his usual self, he was he was calm back there. He his, his completion rate was always high, but it's just this sort of explosiveness in this offense now. I think it comes from the running backs. I think last year you could you could say Kyron was explosive, but there's just so many dudes now. These these jet sweeps, Braden Lindsay had using his speed, Kevin Austin. You had two guys in 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 Aldrich Estime who looked amazing out there. God, he's massive. And and Logan Diggs, who you know are going to then step into that role when Kyron Williams is there. It was just a complete offensive performance, six for six in the red zone, over 500 yards. I mean, this is what you need to do against these sort of teams, you know. Um, uh, Texas A&M had Perry viewed this weekend, and and George had Charleston South. You need to you need to do well against these teams, and Notre Dame showed today why they are in in definite contention for the college football playoff lead. Let's stay on that offense. Now, the only thing that I can see that Notre Dame needs to do better on offense is that they brought in Tyler Buckner in the second half. You had to because you might need him in the next couple of games. So you really can't ease up on the pedal. You had to keep going, you know, 100 miles per hour. But the one thing you saw is that Buckner is still struggling in the passing game. But the positive is he comes in on his first play from scrimmage. He rushes for 68 yards, ends up being the – the leading rusher for the fighting Irish in that game by going 68 yards in his first play. And Kyrie Williams, a kind of an uneventful senior day, but he'll take the win anytime. So defensively, you know, what didn't they do right? Special teams. It was great to see a punt return and a kickoff return that, uh, you know, take advantage of the athleticism, the talent, and maybe bust one of those because we know down the road it's going to be the human element and just – a mistake or taking advantage of an opportunity to, to win a ball game. And so I think everything is just hitting on all cylinders for the fighting Irish celebrate this win, but we'll talk about it later in the week. You've got a very dangerous Stanford club, not necessarily in terms of their record, but because they have athletes, they're talented and they're going to play the role of spoiler. Yeah. I think just before we come on to that, the, what you touched on there, Led about Buckner, of course. That that running play, he was he he looked excellent. 
But of course, he, he seems to get coached up. That's the second time now I think he's gone under centre and fumbled the ball. But hey, listen, this is a guy who hasn't played much football in the last two years. He'll definitely get better. I was texting you, I can't wait for that Ohio State game in Columbus next year. Um, I think the the, 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 the the takeaway for me was, especially in the second half, the, the underclassmen, the backups coming in and still preserving the shutout. I mean, if that doesn't talk about the depth of this team, the next man up mentality that we've spoken about all year, 35 straight possessions with no touchdown, three straight games, getting hot at the perfect moment. I mean, think about what we, we were saying about this defense after Florida State in Toledo. Seems like a long time ago now, right, Lev? Yeah, really comparing the Toledo game to now, what a difference this team is. And the big key going forward is to stay healthy. I know Brian Kelly in the post or in the press conference today talked about there are still some players who were sick. Somebody got sick today, but, you know, trying to get the team healthy because I think the only thing that could really hurt this team is kind of breaking up that chemistry with an injury or, you know, somebody out of the lineup because they're sick. You know, we need to keep this lineup that's in place right now that is not allowed to touch down and is really protecting Jack Cohn and, and helping the offense score touchdowns. And so this is going to be a very crucial week. In about a couple of hours, we're going to talk to the players because this is Thanksgiving here in the United States. And so the schedule is going to be adjusted a little bit. Usually we talk to the players on Tuesday night. We're talking to them tonight. Uh, the players will, I think, have a day off or so, and then they'll have a Thanksgiving meal before they head out to California on Friday. So it's kind of compacting everything together in a short amount of time to get ready for Stanford. But Let's enjoy this game. We don't see too many 55 to nothing shutouts <laughs> at Notre Dame Stadium and just a great atmosphere at Notre Dame Stadium. And it, it, it hit me all of a sudden, JP, is that it's done. Mm. There's no more home football games this year. And one more on the road. And, of course, the, the playoffs or the, the bowl game. But right now, the way that Notre Dame is playing, this is the way we wanted to finish the season on a high note. Just before we talk about the playoffs, I was just wondering, Len, if, if you had any insight on maybe some seniors coming back. We joked about in the week, you can't even call it a senior night anymore because some of these guys have been there six years. I was thinking some guys on the offensive line, maybe Josh Lug. It depends what happens. Blake Fisher coming back, maybe Lug can kick into guard next year. Maybe Jared Patterson. I know he's touted to go in the top three, top three rounds in this year's draft. He could come back. Um, because I think that offensive line is really gelled as the weeks are going on. And also the secondary. I think the secondary is quite underrated. It's going from strength to strength, even with Carl, Carl Hamilton going out. So any guys you think might be coming back next year, Len? That's a great question to ask. I really don't want to answer it right now because yeah. <laughs> you want to focus on the games. But in today's college football landscape, you never know what's going to happen. There's speculation that is this Jay Bramlett's last game as a punter? Is he going to transfer because he's got another year of eligibility? Uh, I guess we'll really have to wait and see, and it will be the player's decision, and it's really going to be based on the talent coming in at that position and are they willing to fight to stay on top of the mountain? And I think that says a lot about a player who wants to stay and keep their position as opposed to giving it up to somebody coming out of high school right now that has all the, the, the pages, clippings, and everything about their performance. So uh, we'll worry about that in January when they get ready for spring ball. Exactly. And listen, let's, let's have our obligatory college football prediction because another big week, Oregon and Michigan State out, you imagine. With how the, I know they're ranked number five in the AP, but with how the committee is ranked Michigan, I expect them to move up to number five and Notre Dame at six. But I'm not worried. I think Michigan are going to lose next weekend. I'm not worried about that game. Ohio State, uh, a fantastic team, best offense in the league. So the games to watch out for, Len is the Cincinnati-Houston game in a few weeks in the AAC Championship game. Houston haven't lost since the first game of the season against Texas Tech, so Cincinnati have to win that game. Alabama, 
I think people are forgetting that Alabama have not looked their normal dominant self. Uh, I don't imagine them to lose in the Iron Bowl next week, but watch out for the SEC championship game. Does a two-loss Alabama team that nearly lost to the worst Florida team in years and an LSU team get in? And then the team I'm worried about, I think, is, is Oklahoma State. I think they've looked excellent all year. They've got the Sooners next week, and if they if they win that, and then they can play Baylor in the Big 12 game. So it's still so lot to play, but it really is opening up now for Notre Dame to, I'm not even going to say sneak, but with 11 wins, establish themselves into the college football playoff. If Notre Dame wins, you have yeah. to control the controllables, play Stanford, get the win, that let football games you know play out the way that they, they will. And... Uh, you know, the, the, the thing that people need to remember is that Notre Dame doesn't play in a conference. And so I think that's an advantage. But when you take a look at the schedule that Notre Dame plays, I think that needs to be taken into consideration. Nothing against Charleston Southern is actually being coached by, I think, a Notre Dame former football player. But those caliber of schools, you know, does that help a team or does it hurt a team? And I think Notre Dame is on their resume and then having a chance to rest and watch these players and having a chance to prepare for a championship game or a playoff game or a bowl game is really into the advantage of the fighting Irish, but you need to control the controllable Stanford is next and take it one game at a time. One thing that I did not know is that I guess JD Bertrand went out of the, the lineup and had his back x-ray today. Everything is fine as well. So from a physical standpoint, Notre Dame is looking very good. Jack Kaiser should be available. Brian Kelly said for Stanford and then uh, just try to stay healthy. JP, that is the key right now. Exactly. Stay healthy. We'll be back on Thursday um, to preview um, the Sanford game. Just an excellent season for the Irish. Ten wins. I mean, who would have thought that after all of this turnaround? And shout out Brian Kelly on the same weekend, Texas lose six straight and Florida fired Dan Mullen. He is still there and still winning. But we're going to come on to that Stanford game. Palo House has been a bit of a house of horrors for Notre Dame in the last few years. So, um, yeah, we're going to be looking forward to that one next week. And, and one thing to add is Brian Kelly is not taking the USC coaching job. Yeah. Everybody yeah. out there reading the papers and everything, no, he is not. He's going to finish career at Notre Dame, okay? Good stuff. You've heard it from Len first. Um, great to hear from you, Len. We'll be back again on Thursday. Len, uh, Len Clark, JP McGrath here, recapping Notre Dame, reaching 10 wins on senior night. As always, go Irish! Podcast Network.